Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Alright, today we continue our series, our teaching theme for the month, Faith Is. Faith Is. You know, I look at the body of Christ in Nigeria and I observe the different denominations. And mind you, the body of Christ in itself has no denominations. But I'm talking about the local assemblies, the different local assemblies, and what they emphasize. Listen, what makes you a denomination is not exactly what you believe. It's not exactly what you believe. It is what you emphasize. What you believe is not really enough to categorize you as a denomination. It's what you emphasize. Uh, For instance, there are many so-called orthodox churches that actually have members and even leaders that speak in tongues, heal the sick, and do all these things. You know what I'm saying. So their church is like that. Some even have a special department, and I think it's weird, a special department for people who speak with tongues. Have you heard of something like that? A charismatic group. Some have groups like that. I think it's weird. You know, just imagine in Bible days. So who amongst you in this upper room spoke with tongues? Raise your hand. Okay, so every service you will gather in this place and have your own. You think about that. That definitely is not God's plan, right? But there are churches like that. And the thing is, we spend too much time talking about what other people are getting wrong. That we refuse to acknowledge what we are getting wrong. The problem with the body of Christ is a lot of us are so proud that we cannot learn from each other. Praise the Lord. Just imagine that Pentecostal churches were half as organized as as orthodox churches. I mean, the move of the spirit will be stronger. I mean that, you know, there are many churches that have several branches all over the world, and all the branches are teaching different things. Are you aware? Same vision. In fact, there are are some pastors under a ministry that have another Jew as their spiritual father. Are you aware? (laughs) Do you understand? So, just imagine that the Pentecostal charismatic churches were more organized in what they believed in their doctrine and all of that. We're going to see more power. And just imagine that the Orthodox churches, you know, just listen to what we believe about charismatic gifts. The fact that the Bible says you should covet earnestly. It's not enough to say, oh, well, we are not stopping you, but we are not going to do it on 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 our platform. What do you mean by that? The Bible says to covet earnestly. If you're not coveting, you're wrong. If you don't have expression for the manifestation of spiritual gifts in your assembly, you're wrong. Praise the Lord. But here's the dichotomy. Okay, so there are some people that are called word of faith. Word of faith. And what is word of faith? It's not just that you believe that God heals the sick and provides. That's not it. Let me give you an example. I was listening to Papa Hagen. And he talked about a meeting he had for two months. 
And in two months, every single day, he preached from Mark 11.23. Do you understand? You, you understand what I mean by emphasis now? So, now that's word of faith. Interestingly and intentionally, since this ministry started, we've emphasized who you are in Christ. Your, your salvation, your inheritance and all of that, which is very, very crucial. Do you realize that this is our first series on charismatic faith, like mountain moving faith? We've had teachings on it. We've emphasized miracles and all of that. You know, but our first, that we say in a month, this is what we're going to teach on since the church began. So, as a ministry, we have an emphasis. But here is a dichotomy. Those who emphasize maybe a little too much mountain-moving faith will have mountain-moving results. Make no mistake about it. Their members may not really know who they are in Christ. They might not know that they are secured in their salvation. They might go out every single altar call, quote and unquote, well, you will discover that they, they are more likely to obey the promptings of God because it's the emphasis in the assembly. And frankly, even the local assemblies are likely to dare more things and bigger things. You see, and a lot of people who know better in terms of doctrine and emphasizes and know what everybody is getting wrong, they hardly get many things done in the kingdom. I'm helping you see what we need to learn from each other. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? You can't do much for God if you don't learn how to use your faith. Because God will never give you a vision that is at your level. He won't. He won't. You know, I was thinking this morning, between June this year and June next year, we are going to spend 50 million on rent as a local assembly. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Do we have the money? No. <laughs> Frankly, have we seen that type of money before? No. Let's not. You are, you, are, you are my people. All right. But it must be done. Praise the Lord. Listen, a lot of people who frankly, with all due respect, are not as exposed to the true teaching of God's word, are doing more. Are doing more. Creating structure, structures that amplify their voice, no matter how uh, you know, poorly trained that voice is. Do you understand? So we also must be ready to dare, and, and I'm talking about you also for your personal life and the visions that God has given you. You have to be audacious. You have to be audacious. I, I, I look at secular people who are not even conscious of the fact that they will stand before God, yet they have more drive than us. They go out of their way. The moment they die, all they labor to do will be a waste. But they go out of their way notwithstanding. And so, this month, especially since God said grace is multiplied to us, 
we really need to learn what that means and how to appropriate it in our lives. Praise the name of Jesus. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. You need to understand everybody that ever mattered to God in the Bible and did great with God in the Bible had what you would call supernatural drive. Every single one of them. I mentioned it in passing during the midweek service. Every single one of them. They were incredibly stubborn people. Incredibly driven. Have you ever studied how driven Paul was? Do you know how many times he used analogies like sports, athletics, to describe the gospel? He says, don't you know that many run the race, but one receive the prize? He said, run that you may obtain. He, he was very conscious of timing the fact that Christ is coming again, of reward, of efforts. He, Paul will say, I labored more abundantly than they all. And we're like, sir, who asked you? <laughs> Do you understand? But he was very conscious. He was very driven. Very driven. No wonder Jesus had to show up and say, ah, this drive, let's not waste it. Do you understand? Like, Paul was never the kind of guy to say, okay, you believe these Christians are teaching the wrong things. So, who will arrest them? He went and said, just give me the approval. And when he became saved too, immediately he wanted to start. In fact, it almost got him in trouble. They had to smuggle him out. Praise the name of Jesus. There are just some people like that who have learned to be doers. As in, God, if you tell me anything, you better be sure you want it done. <laughs> you better be sure you want it done. Because it will be done. You know, there are a lot of people. Maybe you're here, and God has given you a vision, you know, that is larger than you. And you don't really know how to grab it. Listen. What we're saying is important, and even more important in our day. Because the people of the world, they are strategizing to silence your voice. For every other thing that is our emphasis, what I'm teaching is important. Praise the Lord. To be able to say, this is the vision God has given me. And if it t takes walking on water, moving mountains, causing hills to skip like rams, causing trees to clap their hands, whatever it would take, it will be done. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, I've told you that faith, as a word in the Bible, has different contexts. All right. You see, in languages generally, words, many words have different nuances, many, many, many meanings. Let me give you an example. When you think of the English word run, R-U-N, what comes to your mind is to go quickly, moving your legs faster than you would when you're walking. But someone then can come to you and say, I wish to run a successful company. And is the person right with that expression? Absolutely. So many words have different expressions, and that's why words must be defined in context. They might have a more popular meaning, but that popular meaning very often is not the only meaning. So when you say faith, what comes to mind? Are you aware that in the epistles, hardly, hardly was the word faith used to describe anything charismatic? 
it almost always referred to saving faith, salvation, the faith, the Christian faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So most of the times, that's the context of the word faith in the epistles. But there is something I call charismatic faith, which is also very important. All right, we've written books about saving faith, saving grace, sermons about it, and all of that. But we have to learn to emphasize charismatic faith as well. The fact that Jesus said, have faith in God. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that whatever he says will happen, he will have what he says. Listen, you need to believe that, and you need to appropriate it in your life. And that's what we want to emphasize today. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's read it. Let's read it verbatim. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Thank you, Jesus. Some ministries, you know, emphasize this so often and don't forget your conviction and your emphasis will control your experience. If you emphasize miracles, you will see miracles. And that's why many times it's hard for people who teach these things to hear your advice on doctrinal accuracy. They will tell you, what do you mean? Two people were raised from the dead last week. <laughs> Sir, you know, how bad can we be doing? Do you understand what I'm saying? Remember, just, and we're going to have a season like that again. Was it November, October, October when we were fasting? September, right, and going to Lagos, going to Abuja, you know, we saw more miracles in that month than throughout the year. And it wasn't because of anything had far-fetched. It was just because we set up our mind to believe God in a particular direction. And that's the importance of balance. Praise the name of Jesus. Mark eleven twenty two to 23. It says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Hallelujah. You see, faith may differ in context. Faith may differ in application. You know, in some places it means salvation. In some places it means doctrine. The faith. Are you, are you with me? You know, so when, when, you, when you're talking about the faith, you're talking about the doctrine of Christ. You need to believe the faith. Come to the faith or believe, the, receive the faith to have faith. Do you understand? So there's a difference between the doctrine before you receive it and the experience. Did I confuse you? So it can refer to the doctrine. It can refer to the salvation. It can refer to charismatic faith. But one thing is sure. 
whenever faith is discussed, no matter the context or application, it does not differ in character. That's one thing you have to understand. When you understand the character of faith, you discover that it is justifiable for anybody to say, let us put, no matter the type of faith, let us put it under the same umbrella and call it the same name. Because faith may differ in application and in context, but never in character. Faith, no matter what you're talking about, for instance, like we discussed the first Sunday of this month, must be tenacious. There must be tenacity in our preaching the doctrine of Christ. You know, faith refers to the doctrine, right? Tenacity. No matter who tries to stop you, we contend for the faith, come on, are you with me, that was once delivered unto the saints. There must be tenacity in faith as your salvation experience. No matter the persecution, all right, we are pressed down but not destroyed, persecuted but not abandoned, all right? So that's what the Bible says. He that endures to the end shall be saved. So tenacity involves the doctrine. Tenacity involves the salvation experience. Tenacity involves charismatic faith. The ability to stay on a matter and say, I will not take no. This condition must change. So you see, no matter what aspect or application or context of faith you are referring to, faith will be the same in character. Faith will be tenacious. You see that. And so, all the characteristics of faith that we are going to discuss this month are consistent with all the context of faith. And the character is very important. The character. And that's what we're trying to emphasize. What is the character of faith? Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, glory to God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. It doesn't matter how doctrinally sound and how focused this ministry is. Without charismatic faith, you would not have heard our voice. Did you hear what I said? It is one thing to have sound doctrine. It's another thing for God to say, go to Abuja and you go. No matter how trained you are doctrinally, you won't do much for God if you don't learn what we are saying. Why is it that, and I've heard a lot of, maybe, let me use gospel music, for instance. Outburst is going to have to use mountain-moving faith. If we're going to put ourselves on the forefront. Why is it that the most popular songs are not as edifying? Praise the Lord. I ask the question, do you understand what I'm saying? So every one of you, the vision that God has given you, you have to be ready. And that's the season we're in. Praise the Lord. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Are you in Hebrews 11.1? The evidence of things not seen. Everybody please read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 together. One, two, go. Go. 
Read it again, one to go. All right, so now this is, this is the point. Whenever faith is discussed, no matter the context, no matter the application, there must be a future hope that is substantiated in the present. Future hope substantiated when? So when you're talking about faith in the context of salvation, there is a future hope. Oh, we are groaning so that we'll be clothed on with our new body. You see, this new body is so frail. Every time you get injured, thank God there is healing. But your greatest hope is not even healing. Your greatest hope is not even divine health. Your greatest hope is a new body that can never be sick, can never grow old. Listen, even if you function in divine health all your life, the fact that you're getting old is still a manifestation of death. Are you aware? So your greatest hope is that new body in which you will live forever. So now we are groaning so that we'll be clothed. You know, Paul said it this way. He says in Romans chapter 18, chapter 8 verse 18, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed where? where? And also there is glory waiting to be revealed. He says, the whole of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And you know, a lot of people think that that manifestation is charismatic. You know, it's, it's actually talking about receiving new body. Yeah. That manifestation will not come until you die or Jesus comes. So when you, they, are, they are prophesying for you with that scripture, and you say, you will manifest. <laughs> you better be sure you know what you are saying when you say amen. You will manifest. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That has a context, okay? So, 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 we have a hope. And we're groaning for it. We're crying, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord. It's a glorious hope. Ah, yeah. However, listen, what a lot of people call faith is hope. They don't understand the difference. Faith is substantiated hope. There is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. You know, when you pray and you say, I know it will happen. I know it will happen. You know, many times you are hopeful. And you say you have faith, but that's not faith. Faith is different. Faith is substantiated hope. It is not faith until hope is substantiated. For instance, I am more than hopeful that I will make heaven. I am more than hopeful. You have to understand that. The Bible says, oh my God. I've read this to you time and again, but let's just read. Maybe for those who have not been there when we shared from this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 13. It says, are you there? You're going to read from verse 13 into verse 14 together one to go. Are you there? Oh yeah, read one to go. In whom you also trusted when ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Hold on. So trust is an expression of hope, right? So he says you trusted after you heard the gospel of your salvation. Continue one to go. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, 
which is the endness of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So this is where faith differs from hope. You trusted when you heard the gospel of your salvation. After you trusted, what happened? You were sealed. So your hope has been substantiated. For instance, someone says, I'm going to buy you a car next week. Let us say loud, amen. amen. You never can tell. <laughs> I can really use a new car in my life right now. Oh, just play. Well, I'm not. So, <laughs> so you, you know, someone says, I'm going to buy you a car. And you're like, oh, amen. Ah, I'm hopeful. What will it be like? Ah, what type of car? And then the person opens the website and says, choose one. And then you choose. He goes to the payment platform. He pays. He's debited. You get the receipts. It's in your name. He emails the receipts to you. Is there a difference between what you have with what, with what he did and what you had before? Clear difference. Because when he says, um, I'll get you a car, he may change his mind. Especially in this economy. He may change his mind. But then, he opened the website. You chose a car. He paid for it in your name. He was debited. He emailed you the receipt. You have the car. In fact, that's not hope. It's not hope again. It's a reality. It might be a reality that is time-bound. You know, that, you know I mean... You, you, you don't have it here because it's, it's not yet time. I mean, it's going to take time for the car to be shipped to you. But it's your car. That's what faith is. Faith is substantiated hope. No believer should have any aorta of doubt that he will make heaven. Listen, that was what God intended, the point God intended to prove when he gave you the Holy Spirit. It says, after that you believed, you were sealed. With the Holy Spirit, he put his stamp on you. Bah! Citizen. Heaven. That's, that's what it means. Citizen. So there is no, you, you know, I've given this illustration before. You see someone, he has checked in at the airport. He's Passport is in his hand. His ticket in his, is in his hand. His visa in his, uh, is in his hand. And then his knees are buckling like this. You now come to him. Say, brother, hope no problem. He say, I don't know. I don't know if I will travel. Ah. <laughs> you check his ticket. You know, is <laughs> valid. Is authentic. You check his passport. Is valid. He has checked in. He's waiting. In fact, the flight has arrived. They've not just called boarding yet. And then his knees are shaking. Your next question will be, sorry, is it your first time? <laughs> you say it's your first time. It's your first time. How many of you were very nervous the first time you entered plane? Don't lie. Is this, these are things that our children will not understand. Now, when my daughter sits on the plane, she just buckles herself. She buckles herself, opens the tray in front. And say, then we'll call the hostess. Can I have my aeroplane snacks, please? <laughs> That's what she calls it, aeroplane snacks. 
The last time it happened, I felt bad, like I'm traveling too much. This ministry, I'm traveling. This girl needs to have a normal life. <laughs> Very soon, she will know all their names. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But that's what you have in terms of salvation. All right? No air of doubt. No fear. Hallelujah. He wants you to be bold about it. Oh, glory to God. And that's what faith is. It's the same thing that applies to charismatic faith. Look at what Jesus said about it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. We read 23 bef- before. Let's read 24. You will see if there is anything substantiated there. Are you in Mark eleven twenty four? Have you opened it? You see, you see that this is why salvation has to be by grace. Some of you are not there. Are you there? Yes, sir. I mean, and as you say yes, sir, now trumpet you just and pam 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 pam. You've missed it. What did I do? Oh, I'm not there. <laughs> Some of you are writing. Are you there? Yes, sir. You are writing. <laughs> you are there in the spirit. <laughs> All right, Mark eleven twenty four. Read together. One, two, go. Read it again, one, two, go. Therefore, I say unto you, what thing soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Listen, you need to understand the context of the story to understand what Jesus is emphasizing. Jesus cursed a fig tree cursed a fig tree and walked away from it with his disciples. When they were passing that route again, and Peter saw the same fig tree dried up from his root, he said, Jesus, Master, the fig tree that you cursed is now dried up. And so Jesus began to teach them of faith. And he's explaining why Peter didn't need to be surprised that it was dried. Because it began to die the moment he spoke the words. He's letting him know that the evidence he had was not that the tree dried up, was, but was the fact that he spoke those words. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have them. This is faith. Believe that you receive them. So, oh my goodness. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is a teaching of faith. And this is why I have themed this faith is visionary. Faith is, is a dealing in the unseen seen realm. A dealing. You know, we've talked about substance of things hoped for. It, it also calls it the evidence of the unseen. Unseen evidence. I don't have evidence that this tree is dried up because I saw it dry up. My evidence is that I believed and I prayed. And so I received it when I prayed. Not when you saw the result, but when I prayed. It's the evidence of the unseen. 
At first, in verse 23, he said, You shall say to this mountain, Be removed, and be thou cast into the sea. You shall have what you say. He's now clarifying that you don't have to now wait for the mountain to be moving. Say it and walk away. That's what he did. He said it. He knew it had happened. He walked away. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Listen, you will need what you're learning. You will need it. You will need it. You will need it. You can't grow in the miraculous without learning what I'm telling you. If you wait all the times for all the symptoms, all the physical conditions to return to normal, you won't see miracles. Though. Praise the Lord. You have to have, listen. Let's just move on. So, when you're talking about faith, no matter what type of faith you're talking about, no matter the context, the characteristics are the same. Hebrews 11 verse 1, what type of faith was it referring to? Saving faith or charismatic? Are you sure? Or both? Okay, let's, let's read something. Look at... Look at verse 32 of Hebrews 11. Are you in verse 32? No, you don't want to say yes. <laughs> verse 32. It says, And what shall I more say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel, and of the prophet who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violent fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Saving faith or charismatic? Very charismatic. But it also was referring to saving faith. In verse 13, he said, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So they were looking, the Bible says, Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. The Bible says that when God told Abraham to offer up Isaac, he offered up Isaac accounting that God is able to raise the dead. So he had faith in eternal life. Come on, are you with me? So in Hebrews 11, you see evidence that he's talking about saving faith and charismatic faith. But to describe both of them, he said faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The same character, that tenacity you have towards preaching the gospel. Even when people mock you and chastise you and persecute you, you keep on preaching. That's how faith works generally. Nothing should be able to discourage you from working the miraculous. Nothing. No one should be able to talk you out of it. Listen. 
Andrew Womack said this. He said he was converting the kind of miracles he saw Wiggles Word perform. And then when he read the stories, God told him the clear difference. He said, you care too much. <laughs> you care too much. You're too easily embarrassed to, to really actually see the miraculous in your life. Do you know what it means? Wiggles Word will jack someone from wheelchair. Stand and leave the person. The person will fall. You know when the person falls like that, your heart will shake, you know? He jacked the person again. Do you know what it means? To do that five times, and people are watching. I know people don't spare. Some of you, your eyes. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor, let's respect ourselves. <laughs> but the second time, he said, Pastor, they will arrest us today. <laughs> Saw someone, they brought the person straight from hospital on a stretcher. Terrible case of ulcer. He went to the bed, gave the person a blow on the stomach. Pow! The person rolled and fell down. The people that brought the person, what is wrong with you? You, you crazy man, we will sue you. Imagine when people begin to abuse you in a healing meeting. They know that. They don't respect grace again. They think you are mad. Like, they, don't, they change it for him. You know what we meant? You went and change it for someone. <laughs> what kind of crazy man? He just looked at them. He's healed. You, the H was always silent. <laughs> He's healed and walked away. They kept abusing him until the guy just. The pain is gone. Hallelujah. Can I take and talk about the two week meeting he had, healing meeting? And every day for two weeks, a particular woman came to the healing line for healing. You know, in most places, by the time you come out day three, you say, ah, ah, try something else now. People will tell you with their eyes. That, oh, this madam. You know what I'm saying now. <laughs> you know that I, if you've been in church long enough, you know eye language now. Hmm. <laughs> you guys need to stop that thing, though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And on, until the 14th day, praise the Lord. That's how it works. As long as you're talking about faith, be it in salvation, or charismatic faith, it has to be tenacious, and it has to be substantiated hope. And what I mean is, you are not waiting for any physical evidence. There is something... Let me point out something to you. I don't know. Okay, read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Are you, are, are you in, still in Hebrews chapter 11? Read verse 1 together. One to go. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things nothing. Verse 2, one to go. Elders obtain a good report. Verse 3, one to go. Loud as you can. Understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. We're not made by things which do have. Now, you don't have to say if you, you've not experienced this, but have you ever wondered what verse 3 had to do with the context? Now, I mean, you're talking about faith, mountain moving faith. Then next, you began to talk about things which are seen, things which are not seen. But it's very connected. 
He just told you in verse 1, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Listen, the same way in the natural, you have evidence. What's your evidence of payment? You have a receipt. In the supernatural, there is evidence for supernatural trans transactions, supernatural occurrences. So he reminds you that in the first place, the things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. So he's letting you know that it's not really out of place to have supernatural evidence in a natural world. Are you getting what I'm saying? He reminds you that everything you see in the world was framed by the words of God. The things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. So, never doubt the impact of the invisible on this tangible earth. Because everything visible and tangible was made by the unseen. And faith is an impression in the unseen. An unseen evidence. Let me give you an example. In Genesis chapter 1, oh glory to God. Maybe you've not thought about this before. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible talks about the creation of the earth. On the first day, let there be light. There was light, you know. Then he created, you know, the firmament, you know, dry land appear, water gather in one place, you know. He created trees, plants, animals. He created man and woman. And then you come to chapter 2. And the Bible tells us, first of all, that there was no plant on the earth. There was no plant on the earth. And then, and then he now tells us that God created Eden, put Adam in it, told him to keep it. And then said it is not good that man should be alone. Here's the shocking part. According to Genesis 1 account, who was created first between animals and man? Animals, right? But in Genesis 2, the Bible says from the, from the soil of the earth, God formed animals and brought them to Adam. To see what he will call them. Are you getting what I'm trying to say now? So in Genesis 2, the man existed before the animals. So they are now like, which is correct? Who was created first? Genesis 1 was a spiritual creation. <laughs> Listen, don't forget this. When Jesus was teaching them how he was able to talk to the tree, you know what he said? He said, have faith in God, which actually in the originals means have the God kind of faith. Meaning this is how God operates. The fact that he can say things, and even when it seems like it has not happened in the natural, it, it is. So you must have seen God do stuff like that before, for Jesus to say, have God kind of faith. Are you with me? Yes, sir. So in Genesis 1, what was happening was simple. God will talk, see in the realm of the Spirit what he has said already manifest, and the Bible says God saw that it was good. Can you imagine? In Genesis chapter 1, there was no physical manifestation. So what you have in Genesis chapter 1 is God speaking and saying that all that he saw was good 
Even when there was no physical manifestation. In, in Genesis chapter 1, he formed animals. But in Genesis chapter 2 was when the animals were actually formed. And so we have to learn to walk like God, to talk like God. Hallelujah. And have evidence that is deeper than things. Listen. You cannot learn to walk in faith if you, are, if you dwell on what you can observe. You cannot. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Oh my God, I hope I have enough time to deal with this. I'm just going to move on because of time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Say that with me. We walk by faith, walk by faith. and not by sight. Not by sight. This is faith 101. <laughs> we walk by faith and not by sight. Because faith is a dealing in the unseen realm. It's the evidence of things not seen. Evidence of things not seen. Okay, for instance, as you are here now, do you know that the earth is moving, is rotating at 1,000 miles per hour? Have you been in a car moving 60 miles per hour before? What about 100? What about 120? You know how fast that is. The earth is rotating 1,000 miles per hour. It doesn't appear, right? And that's the reality. What you observe can deceive you. And Jesus told Thomas, he said, well, you believe because you see. Blessed are they who though they haven't seen, yet they believe. And that's what we mean when we say faith is visionary. Faith has evidence that is not obvious in the natural. You, you have to have a different picture in your spirit from what you see. Not everything that looks well is well. Not everything that looks troubled is troubled. We walk by faith and not by sight. And this, like I said, applies to every aspect of... Okay, Look at the salvation of your soul. You are in love with someone you've never seen. It's crazy. Maybe you don't realize how crazy you are. I mean, you show up twice a week. When you see people talking to someone you can't see on the road, you think they are crazy. You have all the traits and characteristics <laughs> of a crazy person. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, glory, glory, glory. 1 Peter 1, 8. I'm going to wait for you. You have to see this yourself. Read together, one, two, go. Whom having not seen, ye love. Oh, hallelujah, hold on. <laughs> Is that your story? Yes. Hallelujah. A lot of people 
are waiting for encounters. They think it's a sign of spiritual maturity. Oh, I've seen angels. I've seen Jesus. Then after Jesus, one day the Holy Spirit walked into my room. Have you heard people talk like that? And then one day God the Father. Ah. You know, the Bible says no one has seen God at any time. But someone said that God the Father has appeared to him in his room. <laughs> I'm like, and you are alive to tell the story. Okay, it's, it's cool. You know what, me too have seen. Let's imagine. <laughs> anyway, don't worry. But, 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 but listen. Jesus called those who have not seen but believe blessed. Blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm blessed. Glory to God. He says, whom having not seen ye love, though now ye see him not yet believing, is that me? Yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Listen, this is one of the most powerful texts on assurance of salvation. And it doesn't seem obvious because you don't really know what he means by glory. Look at verse 7. He says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So, glory is referring to the appearing of Jesus Christ and all that you will have there. Glory always referred to, almost always referred to resurrection. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? Suffering was referring to his death and burial. And enter into his glory. Glory re represented resurrection. So now you are here with the hope of resurrection. In verse 3, you know, he talked about hope of eternal life and all of that. So he's talking about hope. And then he now says, you have not seen him but you believe. And though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So meaning you are rejoicing as if the resurrection has already happened. Come on, are you here? Yes, He's talking about substantiated hope. You have the hope of glory. Come on. Yes, but you are rejoicing as though you are full of glory. That's what he's saying. I mean, you can as well rejoice as if it has already happened. Because... Your hope is substantiated. Do, do you understand what he's saying here? And that, that's what makes this very powerful. But this, as it applies to saving faith, applies to charismatic faith. Charismatic faith. The fact that you can pray and receive a note of victory. You've not gone for a checkup yet, but you've received a note of victory. And you know, you just know, you just know, glory to God. You know, you just... You have evidence, substantiated hope. Every time faith is involved, hope must be substantiated. Faith challenges you to be visionary. One of the most embarrassing examples is embarrassing enough. Your name is Abraham. You're serving God. You have no child. Okay, God, I will worship you. Let's not embarrass ourselves. You now come. You say, I will, today, from today, your name will be called Abraham. You want to cuckoo humiliate him, Abby? So everybody will be calling, Father of Nations! <laughs> Are you there? 
How is family? Sorry, I mean your wife. <laughs> Jimmy, you are just two. <laughs> Father of nations. And he has to cope with that for how many decades? And he was called that Father of nations. Because that's how faith operates. You don't become a father of nations when your wife puts to birth. You become a father of nations when God said it. This is how the faith realm operates. When God said it, that's my reality. The work of faith is my reality. My experience must confirm to my faith and not the other way around. It is as God has said, not the other way around. Hallelujah. God did not say, you can as well use this name because I will make you. Is that what he said? He says, I have made you. That's the language of faith. That's the language of faith. Hallelujah. Substantiated hope. So from, from that moment, you just begin to talk like it. You begin to, you, you, you are going to appear weird to everyone around. And that's why you have to stop being embarrassed. You can't grow your faith if you, are, if you care too much what people think. You can't walk with Jesus. Imagine you were with Jesus physically. You went to a place where someone was dead. And in the burial, you say she's not dead, she's sleeping. The people were, the people were kind. They were laughing. They say, oh, you're joking, stop it. In some places, they will beat you. Did you come here to mock us? How would you have felt to be Jesus' disciple at that point? Say, she's not dead. Why are you people crying? She's not dead. She's Sir, reduce your voice. You'll be pinching him like this. <laughs> Sir, reduce your voice. They will beat us. You will get us killed. <laughs> Hallelujah! But you have to be bold, not only to see what God has said, but to say it, to act like it. Act like it. The next day, people came and said, Abraham. He said, no, my name is not Abraham anymore. It's Abraham. The people would have gone. On their way home, let's pray for this brother. He's depressed. He's depressed. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he said that I might boldly say, glory to God. Not only do I believe, I rejoice with joy on speaking. Look, look at the repetition, the emphasis. I joy with joy on. He qualifies the kind of joy. Joy unspeakable as one full of glory. In all my expressions of faith, concerning saving faith, I'm full of glory. Concerning miracles, you know what he said? He said, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. And that's why we say it's done. And we mean it. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 4 as a round off. This is why we need a new venue so we can have more time. Oh, glory to God. Allah man de kibole. 
This is how faith operates. Romans 4.19. Are you there? This is how faith works. It says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Faith has its own vision. We walk by faith and not by sight. So the moment you see a reality in your faith work, it becomes more solid than what you may observe. Job said, They that observe lying vanities, they forsake their own mercy. In the faith work, when you begin to observe things that are carnal, things that are natural, you forsake the graces that you're meant to walk in. So the moment God said it, he had the vision in faith, and he held on to it against what was appearing to be around him. So he considered not his own body. So there are, there are some things that you stop considering because God has said something. You stop considering it. Listen. If you were prayed for and you went for a test and the test says there is no change and you say, uh, uh, so I was not healed. It means that what you had was not faith. It was hope. You were hopeful. Okay, let's go and try. Praise the Lord. Because faith, listen, usually does not stop the fire. It makes you walk through the fire. Faith does not stop the boisterous winds. Irrespective of the boisterous winds, you walk on water. That's the difference. You can have evidence so solid that nothing can persuade you otherwise. And listen, it's not something to mechanize. If it's not there, it's not there. It's very okay to... Go. Those who tell you you shouldn't take drugs, they are going to put you in trouble. Do you understand? It's not, there are times you know. You just know, I don't need it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know when you receive something. I, I received it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He said he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Glory to God. He considered not. Well, what has God said and what are you considering? Verse 20. Please stand to your feet as you read verse 20. Hallelujah. Read verse 20 together. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Hallelujah. You're going to do that today. The things God has said about you, the visions he has shown you, the things he has said he will do through you, you're just going to give him praise, give him glory for it. Are you ready? I'll give you a few minutes. Go on now. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000.
blessings.